Well, it's 23rd of August, 2020. And my mother, a wonderful woman, the, the wife of the founder of the Next Century Foundation, Patricia Holton, who became Patricia Morris, she died this morning. And it kind of, well, it's been kind of expected for a while. She's been a long time ill. And she's a tremendous age. Not that I'm going to mention her age, because she's American. And in my book, anyway, American women never tell their age. I don't think any woman should tell their age. I don't like it. I don't like men who boast about their age either. It kind of puts you in a box, doesn't it? But she was a ripe age. A ripe, ripe age. And she led a full life. And now she's gone. My sister Maggie said i mean we've all we were all around today my sister maggie who's been doing a lot of the caring for my mother during these latter covid virus times my mother didn't die of covid virus by the way but but there but um yes my sister maggie said you know what it is you've been waiting anticipating somebody going leaving you but when they actually get on the train at the station you you cry still no matter how prepared you are for that moment and that's so true it's always poignant losing a parent, isn't it? Poignant losing any close family member or friend. But there, a parent particularly, I guess, for most of us. My mother, Patricia Morris, Patricia Holton that was, was the world's first female television producer. Now that's an achievement. She's a New York girl. Well, from Pelham, actually, outside New York. She lived in Pelham Manor, a grand old house, built by her father, who made a fortune and then lost it. Uh, such is life and then picked up again i guess but tough times in america in the early part of the 20th century but she was brought up in the states and uh, came over post-war 1947 she would have come over and was sitting in the trocadero she's over here in the american red cross she pitched up joined with them just to help you know as so many young women did join the red cross in the aftermath of the war help in france and so on so she pitched up in the american red cross and she was on leave actually a friend of hers was getting married or friend of a friend or something and she was on leave in the trocadero in london on leave from france and uh, this young daily express reporter my father he saw her up there and took a shine to her he was sitting with jim coltart later to be the later to be the um, the editor of the Scotsman, and with uh, uh, with Dennis Lyons, later to be Lord Lyons of Brighton, a great gambler and public relations man and poet, and with with Betty Painter, yeah, who is and was, I mean, a great Cornish lady of well, she's gone now, of course, but was a great Cornish lady of distinction, one of the uh, one of those big Cornish families, the painters down the end, uh, every they owned everything out to Land's End. They lost it too. People do to make a heap of all your winnings and lose it all in one game of pitch and toss and never breathe a word about your loss. I don't know about never breathing a word about your loss, but so many of us have lost everything at times, including myself, and had to start again, usually through our own folly. But my mother pitched up in London and not out of folly but out of commitment she was there here for the war as so many people were post-war and and this uh, this boy said well jim coldheart actually said to my father who would have been a young lad then of maybe i don't know 20 maybe 26 or 27 anyhow 
Jim Colton said to my father, Come on now, what woman in here would you marry? And my father pointed at this girl and said, That one. I immediately walked up to the table where these two girls were sitting and said, Haven't I seen you somewhere before? What a classic pickup line, honestly. And he, well, my mother's brother worked for McGraw Hill and then he spun a line about having met some people in McGraw-Hill and he'd been over in New York and perhaps that's where he'd seen her and of course he hadn't but but the line worked and she was hooked and I was the consequence and subsequent to that my sisters Maggie and Annie well Maggie second Annie first and yeah my father married my mother my mother's father warned her against marrying an Englishman they beat their wives he told her can't marry an Englishman. They beat their wives. But she was smitten. They got married. She came over, gave up her life in America, where she lived in Clover. Took up with my father, and they got a. They had a little flat in Shepherd's Market, where all the hookers are to this day, of course. Um, big red light district of London, and they had a flat in Shepherd's Market. And I, uh, I was the consequence. I was born and I moved out to Hardiston somewhere. My father was very close to Bert Stewart. Bert Stewart gave him his first job as a reporter working for the Dairy Farmer, a little newspaper that Bert ran. And uh, yeah, he advertised for an assistant and my father was the only applicant. So that's how he got his job, this Cornish boy of 15, when he came up and joined Bert. But anyway, due course became a Fleet Street reporter. So my mother then was hiked off by my father who got fed up with Fleet Street. Uh, he was got fed up with it, lots of things really, did my father, and he chipped along. Soldier Nixon used to say there's nothing in life better than a total and abrupt change of occupation. Well, yes, my father had one of those in the sense that he dumped Fleet Street and went off to uh, Wales to start a newspaper. Well, not to start a newspaper, he bought a newspaper, he bought a local Welsh newspaper. That's in Wales where us three children were brought up by my mother. By my mother more than my father, because my father... We'd be in bed by the time he came home. He worked longer hours, you know. Ah, sometimes he'd come home and we'd be washed and paraded out in our bathrobes to see him. Yeah, we had a little little Dutch nanny called Nella. The only word of Dutch I can remember is pantoffels. Go put on your pantoffels. Slippers, that is. Anyway, the point is that we, uh, we lived in the Swansea Valley with my mother and my mother. Worked hard to support my father. Different life those days. You used to have yeah, one meal on Mondays, another meal on Tuesdays, you know, and so on. Uh, macaroni cheese would be a standard supper. We'd eat junket, we'd eat cockles, we'd eat, we, we eat different things those days. And it was good. The life was good. My mother looked after us well. We had a lovely big house, and she worked hard. Done then. Of course, we had the great ironworks down in Pontedawi. You had to wash curtains once a week. Can you imagine that? So much dirt in the air. Over Pontedawi, you couldn't see the sun. You could not see the sun for the smoke. As days are gone. Anyway, yeah, we were brought up in Wales, and then. But time passed, and we ended up working in the Middle East. The Welsh business collapsed, well, for a whole range of reasons. And my mother was in the forefront there. She she went out to Oman with my father, wrote on the weavers of Oman, travelled in the interior, and she was she was a courageous woman, actually. And then she, in due course, actually got quite close to the Sheikhs of Abu Dhabi, to, um, wrote a book 
Mother Without a Mask on her time in Abu Dhabi. Beautiful book, actually. It's been printed in many languages. It sells a lot in German. Mother Without a Mask, about her time living with, uh, well, I suppose it matters now you can mention the name, I guess. Ahmed bin Hamid al-Qabasi, Sheikh Ahmed bin Hamid al-Qabasi, Sheikh Zayed's best friend, was then Minister of Information when we cracked up, when we, we got over to Abu Dhabi. Anyway, the point is that she wrote, she spent much time there and wrote about her life with them, loved it, loved her time, we're still very close. My, uh, our, my, my wife Veronica and I, our eldest son, lives in, lives in Dubai. Well, all our children are Middle East focused, our daughters are in Beirut at the moment reporting on the tragedy there and my youngest son Sam is, works too in regard to the Middle East, travels in the Middle East. So yeah, so what to say, so my mother has died. She was very much part of the force that started the Next Century Foundation, the Great Peace Charity, and been going for 30 years now. And she, uh, yeah, she's one of the signatories to this day, one of the co-signatories to the checks. Not that she ever signed one, I guess, but, but she is. And she was very important to the thinking behind it. The, 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 I mean, of course, it was my father that started the foundation, but she was, in every sense, his inspiration kept him to the mark as far as as far as loving the world was concerned as does my wife with regard to me she keeps me to the mark reads me from the scriptures every every evening my mother would read to my father from the scriptures every morning so there you go two of a kind in that sense my wife and my mother but my mother was more forceful in her youth she was quite power to be reckoned with a matriarch and now of course in the last few years she's kind of gentled as people do in their latter days gentled into a softness but but she did so many things she started a magazine at one point called south wales magazine one of the greatest in the forefront of, of what would you call them life type lifestyle magazines it closed because we were having hard times in in Wales and it closed. She started a children's, not a comic exactly, a children's magazine called Wonderland. That was immensely successful. That too closed all the time. Sad to say, these were great projects of my mother's. And in a way, they should have been kept faith with and continued. But we were having hard times, and they they were losing a little money. They should, they would have, they were brilliant, really. She put so much love into these things. She started a, a Middle East art magazine called Azio. That was exquisite too. She's done some amazing things. And yes, my father died in, in 2000 some years ago now it's 20 years ago she's outlived him by 20 years and those 20 years she spent in cornwall my father's birthplace in anguinac anguinac they used to call it in the old days but anguinac now it's anglicized cornish call it in anguinac in cornwall near lodgeman and it's a beautiful part of the world what does anguinac mean a white house i guess the whole little hamlet's called anguinac but we've come back here we've come back home to cornwall yes cornwall is our ancestral home, where, you know, if, if blood counts. My mother, of course, never really counted herself Cornish. She's as American to the end of her days. For me, home is where the heart is. I, I, you know, I'm not into, you can be this or that if you want to be, as far as I'm concerned. You don't have to be born Cornish to be Cornish. You have to love Cornwall to 
speak Cornish. Cornish. Heaven's sake, I was born in London. So, uh, anyway, my cousin Pauline wouldn't have that. She'd say, oh, you have to be born Cornish. Well, I don't see that, actually. Cornish is Cornish. If you want to be Cornish, call yourself Cornish. If you want to be Cornish American, call yourself Cornish American. If you want to be whatever you want to be, you can be. Home is where your heart is. Anyway, my mother sailed through her last 20 years going to chapel and church. She was brought up a Christian scientist. Brought up a Christian scientist, but in her last years she loved her glass of sherry, little sweet sherry. Yes, still very much the queen. Come down and watch a little television, watch a movie of an afternoon. And now she's gone. She left us like, what, at 6 a.m. this morning? She just decided to go. She went. And God rest her soul. She'll be buried out with my father in the field, the way of it. My father's under a rock in the field. My mother wants to be at his side, so she'll have that. And yes, she'll be with us forevermore. In the wind that weathers round Anguinac, she'll be here. Yeah, God rest her soul. She's been a remarkable woman with a life well lived. And now she's gone, but not forgotten. Not by me, anyway. Not by so many people. Not by my sisters. Annie and Maggie. Not by my wife, Veronica. Not by Danny and... Annie's husband and oh, but and, and uh, their children, not by our children and, and our grandchildren. Our grandchildren came home to see her. That was a joy. No, she's remembered, but not just by them, by many friends that she made over the years, and many will miss her. But there, she goes on, we go on. I'm not too angry with God for taking her. You know, I get upset sometimes about these things, but it was her time, and I think it was in the end a good way to go. Patricia Morris, Nee Holton. God rest your soul, my mummy. God be with you forever and a day. Amen.